Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Well, hello there. I hope you're having a great week. Training is essential to keeping employees safe. But if you're using long PowerPoints and sporadic online modules, chances are low that safety protocols will be retained or implemented properly in an emergency. Unfortunately, many safety professionals simply don't have the time or resources to develop training that resonates with employees. Our guest today is on a mission to solve that problem. Rachel Walla-Hausman is the founder of Ally Safety, an online education platform that provides organizations with substantive yet very memorable training that makes safety simple. Rachel has had quite the career, from logging and construction to industrial hygiene and safety consulting, so she has seen firsthand how well-crafted training benefits organizations. Let's listen in. Rachel, welcome to the show. I'm excited for our conversation today. So great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Peter. It's nice to be here and be able to have this chat. All right, well, let's jump into it. So what led you to dedicate your career to safety training? Well, you know, some may say temporary insanity, and this kind of takes back to when I was a kid. I grew up in a logging and excavating business, and my dad always wanted boys, but instead he wound up with three girls and one boy. (laughs) So he kind of still fulfilled his dream of having all the kids work in the family business with him. And I grew up like seeing this very dangerous industry up close. We had tons of things happen where it just really brings it home how important safety is. Like there was one guy who was in a bulldozer rollover and ended up recovering at our house. And there's just a lot of things that happen in logging that are very dangerous and have serious consequences. And so you're aware of safety growing up, but I was in Montana, which is the Wild West. We don't care about OSHA there. OSHA doesn't come out and see you and they're not going to find your logging job. (laughs) So I had an idea of safety, but didn't really know where to go with it. And then I started out in school in engineering and eventually made the move to safety because it was just a much better fit for me. And it was funny to see the reaction because it was like I had moved over to the dark side. You know, I think any safety professional out there can probably identify with that. When you tell people you're in workplace safety, nobody ever says like, oh, my gosh, really? That's so cool. Tell me about that. (laughs) you the awkward pause let's let's leave everything there so anyway I got into safety and after I graduated college I came out to the west coast and was working in manufacturing and you would sit in on these hour-long trainings and you would see like audiences of 100 people just totally tuned out to the information you know the presentations were generally death by powerpoint And all these people that I identified as like the type of people that I had grown up working with and being around were just not paying attention to the message because it was dull, it was boring, and it did not resonate with them. And if you look at the opportunity cost of what that is with the opportunity of teaching people about safety and how they can really use it versus just having them tune out it was kind of scary to watch happen because you would see year over year workplace safety was not improving. And I just thought this can be so much better. So that's kind of how I got started wanting to get into it. Oh, that's a fantastic backstory. And it really speaks to that powerful idea that a lot of people look at safety as this thing you do like once a quarter or once a month, as opposed to just part of your job. 
And if you take that different look at this different frame of reference, this different lens, you could have a much safer workplace. So with that in mind, in your view, what is the current state of safety training out there? Well, I think the current state of safety training is in a point of transition, which is good, but we have to look at what we need to improve on. So safety training for a lot of companies, it's not engaging, it's not interesting. And one of the biggest problems that has happened since COVID is that companies are really siloed in different departments. So you aren't getting out and seeing and talking to everybody in person anymore. You have an office staff that doesn't really come into the office and you have the maintenance staff who's always on site. And so you have this really disjointed workforce where it's hard to get the communication across all levels. And what we also see with that is people are starting to adopt technology. The companies who had learning management systems 10 years ago are looking for more entertaining training and something that actually speaks to people. And the companies that didn't have learning management systems and were doing all in-person training are almost leapfrogging to the point where they're saying, okay, we not only want to start with electronic training, we want to start with good electronic training because these PowerPoint slides aren't doing it for us. So what is working really well in the world of safety training? Are there certain things that you find resonate more with the people that need to listen to these messages? Yeah, this is super interesting to me is to watch how people react. The coolest thing is to lead a training and then just watch the audience and see how they're doing with it. But what I see a lot of, and this is in the videos that we create, this is in the online training, and this is in the in-person training, is you have to create a sort of hook to grab their attention. One thing that we're missing over and over again is you're talking to an audience that learns best visually and by doing, and you cannot train them with text. I mean, you can definitely try, but it's not going to work. So what we're doing with video is we're demonstrating rather than telling. And so with that, you can actually learn in a way that can be absorbed. And the way that's working better than traditional training, you know, like the traditional courses that last up to an hour, is we have decreased all of our training down to 20 minutes. The longest training that we have is 35 minutes. And you can do that in multiple days just by taking one chunk at a time. And the best that we're doing is what's called video toolbox talks. So a lot of safety people do like a weekly toolbox talk where they stand around a toolbox and they just talk about one safety issue. We've made those into videos. So they're three to five minute topics where you focus on one small element. So for example, how do you use a fire extinguisher? I'm not going to go through and just read a paper to you that says use the PASS method. Instead, we're doing a video where it's actually showing me putting out a fire pulling the pin, aiming the nozzle, going through every step of using a fire extinguisher because that demonstration makes a difference. If you actually see it done, you're more likely to be able to replicate that when you need to. And the cool thing is these small bites of information are shown to increase learner retention for one thing, which is what we all want. And then they also create a better attitude towards safety like, think about it. Who wants to sit for an hour and listen to a boring, dry safety presentation? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> safety training has a huge reputation for being extremely boring. So if you can make it interesting and make it fun like that, you can not only create better training that people will remember more, but you can have improved outcomes as well. So let's talk about outcomes. How does that affect things at an organizational level? So the interesting thing is, I think it was the American Builders Coalition, something like that. It's the ABC. 
they did a study and they showed that companies that do more frequent toolbox talks actually have a lower incident rate. Now, at an organizational level, what I have seen is that companies that talk the talk with safety and they only do it once a year. So let's say that you're in a company that does all their training within a few weeks at the beginning of the year. It's a one and done and everybody goes out after that and doesn't remember a thing from it. Your safety culture is likely to struggle because what you see is people understand that's as much as you care about it. Just check the box and get it done. But if you're doing more frequent safety communications and those communications are high quality, it communicates to employees week after week that your company cares about safety. And not only do we care about it, we care enough to make sure that you get a quality lesson. So it's really cool to watch because what you can do is you can kind of just sit back and see that an organization will change the perception around workplace safety over time. And those cultural shifts are what really moves the needle in terms of safety performance. It seems to me like that would be good for business. You have workers that want to stick around because they know the company cares about them. They probably perform better. They get hurt less. They can do better at their jobs, things like that. Is that all proving to be true? There are some studies. There's not a lot of data out there about that. But what we know is that if people perceive that the company cares about safety, they are more likely to have a longer tenure there. The interesting thing we're looking at now is safety professionals are being tasked with doing more with less. So when you look at increased turnover rates, it's so much more important than before to make sure that that message that safety matters is communicated because otherwise you're dealing with employees that are coming and going so fast that the average safety professional just can't keep up in terms of training. Yeah, that's a big issue. And we talk about that a lot on the show is just how organizations are putting a lot of strain and stress on their safety professionals, safety and security combined. And they're saying, hey, not only do we need you to do all those things you've always been doing, but we're going to add these other things (laughs) that we need you to do as well. And we're not going to give you more money or resources. So it's a very common theme. Absolutely. Yeah, we've all been voluntold to start a new job that we didn't really agree to take on. (laughs) What I'm seeing a lot is safety professionals are just being driven to burnout at a rate that I have not seen before. And the reason is they're just asked to do more and more all the time. We wear an incredibly large number of hats. We're required to do work that's highly stressful, to keep the organization together culturally, and to also make sure that we're able to communicate quality messages. And frankly, there's just not time for it all. So Those days when safety professionals were able to really take the time to develop quality training, where they had enough people to really get things done and get them done well, those are probably a thing of the past. So what I find incredibly interesting is looking at the generational shifts in the workplace. And what we're seeing is that millennials and Gen Z just don't stay at jobs as long. So safety professionals need to be prepared to deal with a workforce that is going to have a shorter tenure. And that means more and more training. And so you want to make sure that you're able to do that consistently and well. And you need to incorporate video training to be able to keep that consistency. Yeah, that generational aspect, I think, is super important because we oftentimes think in terms of our peers and our age group. But you have to remember, teenagers, people in their early 20s, they consume information way differently than older generations do. They like TikTok videos. They like things that last for 60 to, you know, maybe 90, 120 seconds. And that's how they consume information. And they can consume a lot, but it's got to be bite-sized. That's their preference. And we have to understand that and approach them with that mentality. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is the younger generations, some millennials, definitely Gen Z, they're what's known as a digital native. So they grew up 
being connected to the internet, being connected to YouTube and having all this information at their fingertips. And they're very good at seeking out their own information. So if you do not provide high quality information, they're likely looking up a YouTube video on how to do something. And that can be good or bad. We want to be able to provide high quality information so that they're getting it from a good source and that you're not ending up with this sort of mishmash of information that may or may not be applicable to your industry or your job site. Now, that could be a little disconcerting to safety professionals. Traditionally, I'm thinking about having these hour-long classes, do them once a month, I have control. Now you're saying, hey, just rely on these really good videos that we put together and let people seek them out. How do you help the safety professional realize that it's okay to let go a little bit? If you can provide them with videos that are high quality that employees can seek out, it's a huge relief. The cool thing that we're doing is we're able to provide point-of-use videos So imagine that you need to inspect a fire extinguisher. Instead of waiting and doing a training once a year on how to inspect a fire extinguisher, you can put a QR code on the fire extinguisher that gives instructions on how to inspect it. Oh, wow. So it's that easy. And that's actually what digital natives expect to see is that ease of use. Well, with that in mind, what does the ideal future of organizational safety training look like to you? more and more companies are going to a model where they have consistent messaging within their safety training by using safety training video courses and micro courses. That works well to make sure that everybody gets the same message. And what safety professionals are focusing on more and more is how to do that on the job training. And the best in class that are doing this aren't depending solely on their in-house safety pro to do all that on the job training. They're using their subject matter experts. So as an example, a company that I know that's really excellent at managing their fall protection program, when they do their annual inspections, they do not leave it on the safety pro. They have maintenance managers who are really well trained in how to do this, and they walk through with the employees. And having those subject matter experts throughout the organization is something that's been key in safety for a very long time, but you see not many organizations adopt it. And the ones that do have a very different safety culture than the ones that don't. Why do you think people don't want to adopt that approach? I think that it's hard. I think that you need to get the buy-in. And sometimes when we look for efficiencies in the workplace, we say, okay, you're a pipe fitter. All we want you to do is be a pipe fitter. You're a safety professional. All we want you to do is safety. And that's a nice idea. But the reality is I'm a safety professional. I'm actually a subject matter expert. I'm not the one who's out using the fall protection all the time. Although it's important for me to be able to train people on how to inspect it, the ones who are using it all the time and that are up close and personal with it and see it day in and day out, they need to really have that information and be comfortable in being leaders in their organization so that if somebody new comes on, they can point things out to them because I'm not everywhere at once. And so it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I can imagine the people that are seeing the video, too, would perhaps respect what they're seeing more. Oh, it's not just the safety professional that doesn't do our job that's showing me what to do. It's actually Bill or Susan who does that day in and day out. Yeah, it's a different message when it comes from somebody that's your peer. And it tends to resonate more because if your peers are valuing something and they're the ones that you work with every day, every hour, they have more influence than a safety professional who comes out and is able to see you maybe for 15 minutes a week. Well, I know you spent many years as an industrial hygienist and safety consultant before creating Ally Safety. Were there any safety strategies or best practices that worked really well for your clients that you could share with our listeners today? 
Yes, there are. And I'm going to start with one that just deals with safety training alone. So what we're seeing with this generational shift in the workplace is that a lot of that knowledge that has been in place for a long time is leaving. So the employees that would work at the same place for 20 years are now exiting the workplace permanently. And the ones that are coming in aren't there as long. And so what we're trying to do is capture a lot of that knowledge that's retiring out. And it's really cool to see the companies that are doing this well. So a lot of companies that I've worked with would have policies and procedures developed by these employees before they left. So you can imagine like three ring binder after three ring binder of text to an organization where the workers do not traditionally learn through text. (laughs) So what's cool is when you see organizations that are using video and making video in-house, whether it's just with a cell phone or a simple camera, and showing people how to do things. So they're actually filming those procedures and then using those videos for training. They can also use their own videos for people to tell stories about the types of injuries they've had. They can use it to do training. They can use it to show how to do a specific process on a piece of equipment, that is really cool to see. And that's when you get those sort of industry subject matter experts showing leadership, and it's very impactful. The second thing that works really well for organizations is when everybody from the CEO all down to the new employee talks the talk and walks the walk with safety. So imagine that the CEO is giving a presentation to the group. If he starts out with the safety stats and what good safety looks like, so maybe he gives an award to somebody who suggested an improvement that really helped improve workplace safety, people understand that. It makes a difference. Employees are very good at picking up on what's valued and what's not with their employer. So we need to be able to have that from the top down to the bottom up, that safety leadership and those conversations. That's talking the talk. Whenever you go out there and you're on the floor or you're on site, talking with employees, are you really demonstrating safety properly? Because if you are, people pick up on that. Everybody notices and everybody watches. So those are some things that I think make a big difference is that demonstration of a dedication to safety and that it really can't come from just the safety department. And really like this is just the basics of a good safety culture, but you notice it up close and personal as a consultant because you see this is what makes a difference. The CEO just mentioned safety. I can bet that their culture is going to be better than the one that I just went to where they're driving production from the beginning of the meeting to the end. And it's like, oh, yeah, be safe. And that's the end of the meeting. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think one of the big challenges that a lot of safety professionals have is getting the attention of the CEO. How do you counsel someone to spend more time with the CEO so he or she can better understand why this is so important and then to embed safety into their daily activities because CEOs are super busy and they're thinking about a million different things. Exactly. And safety can easily become just a compliance checklist item. Yeah. But the companies that do safety well have higher production rates and better quality. So it's one of those things that has cascading benefits if it's done right. So if you can give a few examples of where that has worked out well, and one of the best that's written about a lot is the Alcoa story. That one is amazing where the CEO just decided that they were going to focus on safety first and foremost, and it improved all aspects of the business. There's plenty of examples out there. 
But let's say that you're delivering a safety training and you've noticed that in the last year you've had several accidents related to this one topic. One thing that I like to do is I count up how many people are going to be trained on that topic. And then I look at their average hourly rate and I calculate it out to what is our opportunity cost here? If this training is not effective, here's how much we're going to be paying these people to sit in bad trainings. So how can I get enough help or enough resources in place that I can make this training a really positive experience and actually help people to do what they need to do to work safer? So you can really do a cost-benefit analysis with training. It's actually fairly easy compared to some of the other aspects of safety. And I definitely recommend for people to do that when needed. No, that's fantastic advice. You know, I think about at Alert Media, the CEO of our company always asks me if he walks by my office, he says, Peter, what nuggets do you have for me today? So from a safety perspective, I think that's huge. Just come up with these nuggets of valuable information about safety statistics and things like that, that you can embed in the CEO's mind. And then as he or she is having discussions about other things, it'll absolutely come out. I totally agree with that. As safety people, we tend to get into the weeds with things because that's where we spend a lot of our time. But you need to be able to have those short sort of succinct elevator speeches about what matters to you as a safety manager this year, this quarter, or even this week. Exactly. Well, what else do you see for the future of organizational safety? Anything else you want to share? Yeah, one thing that I'm super interested in is how we can really work to make sure that we're cross-skilling employees. Because we aren't seeing as many employees that are able to have that bench strength where they can move from one position within an organization to the other. And so they tend to leave the organization because they just see their role as very stagnant. So I like the idea of being able to train people to be useful across an organization. And that makes them feel better about their position and their knowledge base. And it also makes it so they can move up within that organization and they feel a sense of career progression. Because otherwise, we're dealing with the same thing as Silicon Valley, where people only stay at a job a few years. And it is such a drain on time and resources to get new employees skilled up, confident, and aware of their role, and then to just have them leave because they don't see the opportunities that they need. Yeah, it's hard to create a culture that way. If people just come in and leave after you know a number of months or maybe a year or two, that's really tough. So this all goes back to this concept of creating that culture It includes people, it includes embedding safety into it. And if you're not building that day in and day out, then yeah, it makes it very difficult to keep a safe work environment. Absolutely. It's so important. And studies have shown that if your employee population changes, so let's say 25% of your people leave or move on within a year, you are not able to maintain the same safety culture because you don't have the same people there running the safety culture. So you're kind of fighting a losing battle if you're not able to hold on to employees. And so it's really important to establish that safety culture and then support it by building a supportive network so people can see themselves staying in a career. Well, what advice do you have for safety leaders as they adapt to their increasing charters and this churn that's happening in the industry? Build a system. That is the only thing that's going to get us by and help us to prevent our own burnout. Because as safety pros, we can drive ourselves crazy trying to do the right thing and trying to keep up with all the changes that are happening in the workplace. So a system and automation when it comes to safety training looks like having an LMS system where you can send out training to everybody and you get that consistent training over and over. 
You should not be sitting in a room doing new hire orientation with three or four people. You just do not have the time and resources for it. So you have to build a system that's easy to integrate and where you know, okay, we've got two new people this week. I'm going to assign them all the courses for new hires. And I'm going to go talk to their crew lead about what on the job training they need versus, oh no, we have three new people this week. That means I'm going to be out on the floor. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I need to do to help improve safety in the long run. So that's an example of just learning management systems being part of what you do, but anything that creates an easier way to collect data and make sure that we're doing the inspections that we need to, like apps, software systems, reporting systems, those are all huge. I've seen safety professionals who are less tech savvy spending literally 15 hours a week doing data crunching and reporting so they can report up to top level management. Is not the way to spend our time. And unfortunately, with how the workforce is probably going to be evolving over the next couple of decades, it is an easy recipe for making yourself burn out quickly. Without a doubt. That's fantastic advice. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today. I learned a lot. I think the biggest takeaways that I have here is make things bite-sized. Don't try to overwhelm people with too much. Capture that institutional knowledge by involving the experts that have been there for a while and get it all on video. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I agree that bite-sized training is totally the way to go and make sure that you're communicating in a way that your workforce learns. Those methods are important. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. Learn more about Rachel's training and toolbox talks by checking the links in the show notes. We'd love for you to share this episode with your colleagues and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.